and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this week we're talking about season six, episode four, Me and Mr. Jones. I really want to be Mr. Jones and me. Me too, frankly. but that's, that's just because we really like the Counting Crows. Right. I mean, like, I guess for people who are the age of Will and Grace, like, me and Mr. Jones is probably the bigger cultural right, reference. because it's more of a reference to me and Mrs. Jones, mm-hmm. the famous, what is that? What is that? The Marvin Gaye, I think. Marvin Gaye song? I think it's Marvin Gaye. I hope so, otherwise it's we're like going to take this part out. It's like one of those sexy songs, but for us here who are millennials. Miss, me, Mr. Jones and me is a sexy song. Yeah, they tell each other fairy tales and mm-hmm. they stare at the beautiful women. And we don't really have time to get into all of that, but... uh, But he's looking at you. And he's looking at me. It's beautiful. Okay, let's get into the episode description. All right, so Jack lands a speaking role opposite James Earl Jones in an off-Broadway play and gives the veteran actors some pointers. So I want to quickly push back on the description as calling it a speaking role because, I mean, he does speak. He has one line. He has one line. I, uh, they're doing a production of The Iceman Cometh, and I didn't bother to find my copy of The Iceman Cometh to find out what Jack's role is. Me either. Um, pretty might... sure it's normally condensed into an actual part. Um, also very possible that it's sort of like, uh, remember when Glee did Les Mis, and they gave Neil Patrick Harris the part of someone who says, Hooray! And me, having been in Les Mis the year prior, was like, there's no fucking part in Les Mis where you say <laughs> hooray! So it could also be like that. Right. Where the, the line, you're a liar, is just not actually even in the show. I'd have to go back and look. I'm sure it is. There's but a lot again, of liars in the Iceman coming. It seems likely that it was maybe something that was condensed into like an actual part. Right, of course. But, so yeah, that's uh, that's our first bit of plot yeah. this week. Well, and I think we can, uh, do we want to start there or do we want to talk about the other part too? I think we should just start there and then okay. we'll get into the bit with Will and his mom later. Yeah. So, this is a very unusual episode. James Earl Jones is a very good guest star. Yes. Um, probably in the better ones we've had. Yeah. Um, he's he's kind of like, in, I'm trying to think of another one where it's a really good guest star style with a really, un, a really strange episode. You know, the only answer I can really think of is Kevin Bacon, because it's someone oh, who yeah. who's very willing to play along with the weirdness of the show, but the show is like almost too elated that they don't know what to do with the actor then. Yes. I'm thinking maybe also the Madonna episode, except I feel like we really like that one. Well, the Madonna episode at least was fun because Madonna wasn't playing Madonna, you know? Right. This one, James Earl Jones is starring as James Earl Jones. Yeah, but it's like a really weird James Earl Jones. It's like a James Earl Jones who has become so overconfident as an actor, he's forgotten how to act. Yes. Except, has he? Yeah. Okay, so there's a few things. So first of all, the director of the show seems to think that Jack is the only person in the show who can act. Which... Obviously, is untrue for yeah. so many reasons. Just straight up, because the one take that we see in which he claims this, Jack is genuinely, like, preening mm-hmm. so hard that he forgot to pay attention to the bit in the scene, his only scene, with his only line, yes. and then he they're like, Jack, and he was like, oh, oh, you're a liar. Like, he's, like, clearly so distracted and not part of it. Yeah, I, the, the tone of this episode just moves around really crazily, because it... I'm trying to read this scene in the context of the end of the episode, but it's basically a scene where the director's like, Jack's the only one who knows how to act, uh-huh. and like, Tara's James Earl Jones a new asshole, but clearly that's the opposite of what's happening. So like, is he being sarcastic? I don't know. Are we supposed to believe this is a bad director? I don't know. It's so confusing and so removed from real life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny because it gets James Earl Jones forced to interact with Jack mm-hmm. in a fun way. 
Yeah, so basically, James Earl Jones becomes so, like, disheartened that after a conversation with Karen about Jack's amazing acting abilities, he decides to enroll in Jack's acting class. Which is something. Okay, so... First of all, I'm really impressed by this little detail they threw in because the show is so good at, like, just not explaining shit sometimes. Mm -hmm. So the acting class is meeting in the off-Broadway theater where this production of the Iceman Cometh is being produced. And my first thought, like, literally before the scene had even properly started, I was going to be like, what the fuck are they doing there? But then literally Jack is like, okay, and we're guests in this space, so if you see the manager, hide him. (laughs) And so it just couched it so beautifully that I was completely on board with the rest of the the idea. Yes. Well, and the other thing is... Is like you have to remember Jack's acting class is like basically commercial acting. Right. It's people who literally are in commercials and then there's that one guy whose shirt he always wants to take off. Right. But then weirdly they're doing bits from like Sex in the City. Oh my God. So he has uh, James Earl Jones do Carrie Bradshaw. Yes. And it's just like. It's amazing. It's so weird. Because he like comes prepared with a monologue from King Lear and Jack is just like, oh my God, you need to get out of that chest voice. No one wants to hear that. <laughs> you have to get into your head voice. And so he basically coaches James Earl Jones into doing this scene where he's playing Carrie Bradshaw in like the world's weirdest falsetto (laughs) carrying a purse and it's like James Earl Jones has never seen a woman with a purse before because he's holding it like by his head right like it's kind of like when you watch those videos on the internet of like the lion or the tiger roaming around they look really fierce and then they're like meow yes like it's exactly like that it's literally as if Mufasa had suddenly meowed Mm -hmm. adorably yes it just kind of fucks with your head a little but also unnervingly like i don't really want him to stop doing this meow because i'm afraid of what comes next right like what happens following the meow Mm -hmm. i don't want to know i don't want to know i don't want to know very weird take on sex in the city though it was and james Earl jones does not book the l'oreal commercial i don't think i don't think he does (laughs) but yeah so it's it's a really really weird plot And then it's kind of eventually summed up by the show premieres and Mm -hmm. Jack is in the opening night and James Earl Jones comes up to him to thank him because, yeah, he realized he really did need to get back to basics with acting. Also, Jack doesn't know anything about acting, even the basics. And so Jack has been fired from his one line in the show by James Earl Jones. (laughs) And that's what I was saying. Like, the episode, like, has this really funny bit where, like, okay, I can believe that, like, James Earl Jones is having, like, a crisis... Uh-huh. And he thinks, oh, no, I'm a terrible actor. I'm a huge fraud. But the, but then the show counteracts that whole argument. Right. It's not like they let Jack stay in the show. It's Also, I love how apparently James Earl Jones was not involved in casting this show, but still somehow managed to fire Jack. And, like, I, it's not that I doubt that James Earl Jones has enough clout to get Jack fired. Oh, yeah, fired. he definitely does. But it's just sort of the idea of, like, that's not your job, honey. <laughs> what, what are you doing? But, oh my god, and then there's this whole recurring bit where Karen just really wants him to pick her up for some reason, and she just really wants it. And then at the end of the episode, he's like, okay, I'm going to change out of my clothes and put on my juicy couture sweatsuit, and then I'll pick you up. of course. And it's just, it's beautiful. I don't know who is responsible for writing this episode and getting James Earl Jones to come on, but thank you, and also, I'm sorry for whatever happened to you. Yeah. But also, Somewhere. like, there were just some so beautiful, so many bits that were so beautifully weird. Uh-huh. Like, James Earl Jones being like, I don't have to act anymore. I could live off of my Star Wars money. Right. And it's like, but you could, man. What are you doing? What are you doing? And so many questions. <sighs> so many questions. And so many concerns. And so few answers. Yes. 
so few answers. It was just bewildering was this plot. <laughs> That's all it was, is I am befuddled and bewildered ever after having watched this, and I'm not mad about it, but I'm not happy either. <laughs> I'm just sort of like, huh? Well, I guess let's talk about the other plot in this episode, which is really no less bewildering. Yes. Um, but for different reasons. Yes. So the second plot in this episode is the continuation of last week. Yes. So if you remember from listening to our podcast, last week, Will and Jack went to visit Will's mother and found out that she was about to throw herself out the window. And so then Will adopts her briefly. Right. So at this point in the episode, they're, or at this point in their lives, they're living together in the apartment but we don't really see them in the apartment this episode. Right, which would maybe have been more interesting. Yeah, I I can't quite rack my brain as to why this episode happened. I can't, like, they really wanted to use the gym set for some reason. Yeah. They couldn't crack a plot where they were both in the apartment together. The, the plot didn't work without more characters coming in, and Jack and Karen were busy with this other thing. I don't... Yeah. It, something is off. Something doesn't quite work properly. Like, basically, the whole setup of the episode is that Will's mother is driving him crazy. Yeah. So he asks Grace to help him get her to move out. Basically. But then also it turns out that Will is driving his mother crazy and he won't let her move out. And then it's revealed that that is what's really happening. Right. So, yeah. So, but for whatever reason, this all takes place in the gym. Right. And I don't know why it takes place in the gym. I don't either. And so it starts with like Will is working out uh-huh. and Grace is there and there's a hot guy and he's sort of flirting with the hot guy in front of the free weights. But then as he's like introducing himself to the hot guy, he literally just spat out his name. And then over the intercom comes, Will Truman, your mother's looking for yes. you. And that was embarrassing. But then the next time we see them, his mother is at the gym and they are working out together. Right. I- Again, this plotline also betrays a shocking level of incoherent tone. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like a murder mystery where, like, you're in the brain of the murderer for most of the book. But, like, the book has just been hiding the fact that this person committed the murder. And then it's, like, page 356. And he's, like, thinks for the first time, oh, yeah, that's when I stabbed the guy. And you're, like, what? No! This is a first-person narrative! (laughs) Yeah, it's... It's very strange the way they decide to approach this because, as Matthew said, we learn that kind of both of them are driving each other nuts, but ultimately Will is sort of like, not exactly holding her there hostage, (laughs) but like his will to keep her around is is clearly like overpowering her her wanting to go home. And believe me, I am the king of self-deception. Like, I get it. Wanting your mother to leave, but actively sabotaging yourself and keeping her there is like... My whole brand. But yeah. And yet. Yeah. There, it's just, it's so much. So yeah, we ha- have this bit where Blythe Danner pulls Grace to the side to be like, you've got to talk to him. I can't, I can't stay here. He's right. driving me crazy. And I mean, then, if nothing else, they've clearly been to the gym like three times right, in the same day. And then he's just like, mom, you've got to come or we're not going to be able to get ellipticals next to each other or whatever. And then I'm just like cringing so hard. <laughs> like I cringed so hard I left my body. Right. It's just this weird tone where every time we see Will in a different scenario, he has a different perspective on what's happening with no hint that that's what's really happening. Kind of like the James Earl Jones thing. Yeah. Where like, it's like they're, it's missing the through line to explain his wavering thoughts. Right. And like, frankly, as a queer person who has a tight relationship with my mom, I kind of get this. Uh-huh. There are times when I'm like, hell yeah, me and mom, we're tight. It's great. And then other times she'll say like, like anything. And I'm just like, oh, mom. <laughs> like, well, 
And I feel like you with my mom get kind of stuck in the middle too. Oh my god, I'm totally the grace in this situation. Yeah, where like both of us like want something, but like can't actually communicate what we actually want. Uh-huh. And you're just like our go-between. Oh my god, like I just remember around Christmas your mom texting me, would Matthew like one of those ancestry DNA kits? And I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know if he cares. I'm like, this sort of seems like a backhanded way that you want me to tell Matthew that you would like an ancestry yes. DNA kit for Christmas. That's sort of how that felt to me. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I blew it. You did. If so. Well, I couldn't exactly tell you that your mom wanted to get you one of those. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. So like as as a queer person who has parents who I Mm -hmm. want to maintain a good relationship with, I understand this sort of overarching tension where like you want to be close to your parents, but also the relationship you have with them isn't the one you want. And instead of being able to get to the one you want through open communication, you're just like, what if I just like subtly hint at the things I want a lot. Well, and like the their being together in the first place is born out of that same problem where Will can't express what he actually wants. Right. He never wanted her to stay with him. But also, did he? Like, again, right. He, but also, he kind of did. Like the episode has it both ways. Where like on the front half of the episode, it's a continuation of last episode. But then in the second half of the episode, plot twist: Will secretly wants his mother to live with him. Mm-hmm. But like none of that was none of the groundwork for that was laid. Yeah, and it's really weird. And then the cherry on top of Mm -hmm. that whole plot is that they do finally communicate because Grace is just so fed up with them that she's like, you're driving each other nuts. Your mom doesn't want to stay. Will doesn't want you to stay. Why don't you just leave? Uh And then they both kind of like try and deny it at first because Uh they're wasps. And as you know, you cannot deny ever having feelings. What is a feeling? I've never heard of this. You are as close to a wasp (laughs) as I've ever met and it is terrifying. Um, But yeah, so eventually they do kind of have an open, honest conversation that you know, maybe she should go. The time that they did together was good. And mm-hmm. they should really work on having more together time. And that part of the episode I really enjoyed. Because yeah. at the end, it's not just like, you're right. We're driving each other crazy. Goodbye. I'm going to go back to Montauk or wherever she's from and hang myself. It's Connecticut. Whatever. But yeah, it's they have a conversation in which they're like, maybe what we've learned here is that living together is too much, but not ever seeing each other doesn't work either. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to find a middle ground, which is great. Middle ground is wonderful. Mm-hmm. However, then the ultimate kicker of this episode is as she's preparing to leave, wearing Will's jeans, which is just, there are so many layers there that we can't even possibly get into in the space of a 30-minute podcast. But just know <laughs> that we've both written individual theses about this <laughs> in our brains. But so she's wearing Will's jeans and she goes to leave and she trips over her own luggage and sprains her ankle. And she will be stuck there for two to five more weeks. (laughs) Which is what nobody wants. Nobody wants this. But it's great. It's, yeah. We didn't even talk about Grace's plotline, but I kind of don't want to. Okay, so we should just like at least pay slight tribute. For the completionist in this episode, Grace has a plot. Yeah, so Grace's plot this week is that she's trying to stay in shape because Leo wants to have sex more now that he's at home. Oh my god, I forgot that was even the, like, impetus for her being at the gym. I know, right? And I'm so unconcerned with her having sex with Leo. Like, same. On and, such a deep core level. And I mean, so was Will, because he's just sort of like, how much work does it really take to lie there? <laughs> and it's like, mood. <laughs> Alright, fair. But apparently, according to Grace, it takes a lot of work, which, again, I don't understand. But okay, well, anyways. Let's move on. Um, so, she doesn't 
she wants to have a trainer, but she's not going to pay for a trainer because, right. as we all know, Grace is the world's most thrifty person. Even though she's married to a doctor now. Again, it doesn't make sense that she is so stingy with her money, but mm-hmm. yet there she is. And so she is, like, stealing training services from a trainer. So she's, like, training with this trainer, but, like, five feet away. And it, It's so weird. It's so weird, but it's so funny. But also it kind of reminds me a little bit, like, this sort of joke has gotten... Um, play in other places that I've really enjoyed. Like, have mm-hmm. you ever seen Bridesmaids? Um, yes. In the movie Bridesmaids, they're, like, at a park, and they're, like, 20 feet away, and they're, mm. like, watching a boot camp, but they don't want to pay for the boot camp. And then he's like, you you can't do that! You can't just do that! And so it's it's very funny. So we've seen mm-hmm. this other places, and it, it's still weird, but it's very funny. Yeah. Um, but in, then the ultimate kicker at the end, we learn... Because Grace complains, you know, my my butt hasn't gotten any smaller and my boobs haven't gotten any bigger since doing that. And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, because this workout is specifically to make her butt bigger and her <laughs> boobs smaller. And Grace, who has, you know, like negative boobs, really, yes. like, I don't think They're like she, coming in. Yeah, they're, they're just, you know, they're concave or whatever. <laughs> like, she's just like <gasps> holding her non-existent boobs. And that was pretty satisfying, mm-hmm. I have to say. And it does give her an excuse to be at the gym while yes. all of these other gym shenanigans and are happening. And mentally, Grace's plot is the most consistent and most logical of all the characters. Yes. I mean, she's still with Leo, which is kind of like a, whoa, what's that about? <laughs> but like, within the confines of that parameter, she makes consistent choices. Yep. And it makes sense for her to be wherever she is making those choices. It, that's true. It does she, not make sense for James Earl Jones. No, honestly, it would probably have made more sense if it turned out they went to the same gym as James Earl Jones. <laughs> like, that would have made more sense. Could they have introduced James Earl Jones into the gym plot instead? Hmm. <laughs> Let's write the writers and say, for the revival, we'd like them to get James Earl Jones back, but this time we want them to just go to the same gym. <laughs> and it's all, everybody's at the same planet, fitness. James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. <laughs> I can just imagine, like, James Earl Jones' like, deep, scary voice motivating on the elliptical, like... I find your lack of pace disturbing. <laughs> he would be like that with me because I am the worst person at keeping pace on the elliptical. I'm just like, I'm bored. I don't want to watch Jeopardy anymore. Blah, 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 blah. No, we well, don't have time to You always speed up during the commercials. You speed up during the commercials so you get that high interval training in. No. But then you can still think about the questions. No, I don't want to do that at all. That sounds terrible. That's the best kind of exercise. Fuck your exercise. <laughs> oh, sad. Fuck your chicken strips. <laughs> Okay. All right. Cool. Well, do we have anything else to say about this episode? I don't think so. I think we kind of covered everything. I even mean, Grace. I gotta say, this might have been the worst episode so far this season. But and that's I, good. And I mean, it still wasn't bad. It was just weird. Yeah. Like, it was like points off for incoherentness. <laughs> like, but you know, that's basically the first five seasons of the show. So really, right. like. Really, it's ramping up. Yeah. It was pretty good. Okay, great. Matthew, do you want to tell people where they can find us on the internet? Absolutely. Uh, the best place to look for us is on our Twitter page, Not A Couple Show. Mm-hmm. That's where we are posting our episodes and also live tweeting current revival episodes of Will & Grace. Mm-hmm. We will be using the hashtag Will & Grace for all of our revival tweets. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook or on Tumblr. We uh, have an email address where you can send us little love notes. That is notacouplepodcast at gmail.com. Please note if they're weird, we will read them on air. And you can listen to this podcast as you're already doing. On one of three places, Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Spotify. Sorry, we're new on Spotify, so I'm excited about it still. (laughs) All right, well, thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you next week. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this has been Not A Couple. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
This week's episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Yikes. This week's episode was brought to you by James Earl Jones' new gym, Jim's Earl Jones. As you know, a king's time as ruler rises and falls like the elliptical. Jim's Earl Jones. <laughs>